Howdy. Before we begin today, we just want to say how much it means to hear from all of you out there. And we've had great feedback in the last few weeks, especially after Texas Rising. But one particular letter really meant a lot to us, and we thought we'd like to share it with you. This is from Cassia Gordon, and she said, Howdy. Y'all are fantastic. I'm a displaced Texan with an absurdly long commute. So when a new wave of homesickness hit me, I started searching for podcasts about Texas. I'd tried this before, but apparently either did a lousy job of it or did it before you guys started. I love this podcast. It's informative, funny, and makes me feel like I'm sitting around with some friends. I started at the beginning and just listened to the barbecue podcast this morning. Personally, I'm a Blacks fan. I'm fixing to make a CD of as many episodes as will fit on it for my mom, who lives in Maryland. Thank you so much for this great podcast, y'all. Keep it up. And that's from Cassia. Thanks, Cassia. Thanks for the kind words. Yes, thank you very much. That's the kind of feedback that we love to hear. Yeah. Uh, Cassia, you and everyone who's listening, you guys are the reason we do this. So keep sending in those letters. Go to iTunes, write reviews, rate the show. Just tell your friends uh, every little bit means so much to us. So without further ado, here's the show. It feels wonderfully Texan, even though you're like rubbing elbows with New Mexico. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Ulfstrom. The mission is Leta del Sur Pueblo is more than just a pretty church in El Paso or a subdivision of Texas' westernmost city. It was the oldest European settlement in the territory and remains the longest continually operating Catholic mission in Texas. Its long history and rich contribution to the culture is a great example of the deep roots that both the Spanish and Native American cultures have in the Lone Star State. But first, what's your favorite historical Texas fort or military fortification? Well, I'm going to go with uh, Fort Travis, which is now the Fort Travis Seashore Park uh, out on the Bolivar Peninsula on the Gulf Coast. I uh, went there once as part of a field trip in school, I believe. And uh, it's really cool because it was my first experience to really see up close the uh, some of the fortifications and bunkers and stuff where they had the big long guns stationed during World War II um, as coastal defense. So that was pretty cool. Well, I'm going to go with Fort Parker, which is a replica of the fort where Cynthia Ann Parker was kidnapped by the Chicamanche Indians in 1836. It's a log fort, so it's kind of what you picture of a fort in the woods being like. It's a couple of miles west of I-45, just south of Dallas. Well, there's lots of forts I can think of, uh, you know, but... Uh... I'm just going to go with the big one. I'm going to say John Wayne's the Alamo. <laughs> That's <laughs> not, no, not the actual Alamo, the one in Brackettville, the, the fake one, the fake Alamo. <laughs> I'll no. allow that. I will allow that. When the Spaniards came to Mexico, they came not only as conquerors and colonizers, but also as missionaries. Both church and state were inextricably linked. If you listened to the episode we did last year with Stephen Guerra from the History of the Papacy podcast, we talked about the rise of missions in Texas. From the 1500s to the 1700s, throughout Spanish America, 
Jesuit, Dominican, and Franciscan monks fanned out through the countryside with soldiers and settlers to build missions to convert the natives and establish footholds for later colonizing. They were the vanguard of Spanish civilization. Typically, a small company of Spanish soldiers would garrison a fort called a presidio near the mission, and usually a town or pueblo would spring up nearby. The goal of the missions was to move the nomadic Indian tribes into settlements, convert them to Christianity, and teach them crafts and agricultural skills. Once these goals were met, the mission was quote-unquote secularized, which is to say the Catholic orders gave up administration and a local priest took over. Eventually, the land was supposed to be turned over to the Christianized Indians. In 1680, the Pueblo Indians, located in what is today New Mexico, revolted against the Spanish and drove them out. A charismatic religious leader named Pope inspired the revolt in response to abuses against the Pueblo people. About 400 Spanish colonists and acculturated Indians were killed. 2,000 surviving colonists escaped by fleeing south and east. These included several hundred members of the Tigua or Tiwa people, a Pueblo group that converted to Christianity in the late 1500s. The refugees reached the Rio Grande following its south. They traveled to El Paso del Norte, the site of present-day Juarez, Mexico. It's a river crossing and a break in the mountains. There, Spanish governor Antonio de Otermin directed Fray Francisco de Ayeta to establish a mission for the Tigua a few miles south of the Rio Grande, Isleta del Sur Pueblo. Their previous home had been Isleta Pueblo, or Little Island Town. The new home was Little Island Town of the South. There was already a refugee camp there in 1675 for Pueblo Indians fleeing Apache. The original mission is believed to have been built of mud-shinked logs. Two years later, a more permanent adobe mission was built on the same site. The building was formerly dedicated by Bishop Salponte of Tucson and named La Misión de Corpus Christi de San Antonio de la Isleta del Sur in honor of the Tigua's patron saint, San Antonio del Padua. Two days later, the bishop dedicated the mission of La Purísima in Socorro, Texas, which is a few miles to the southeast. Spaniards and Indians traveling from the north settled in San Lorenzo, which became the administrative center for the area. Today, this is the town of Ascarite, which is part of El Paso's east side. Another mission was built at San Antonio de Senecu by more refugees from what is now New Mexico and by the Puro and Tompiro Indians who came from the Salinas Pueblos in New Mexico. La Purisima de Socorro was built by the Puro, Tano, and Yemez Indians. In 1691, Governor Diego de Vargas, on behalf of King Charles II of Spain, named the mission Corpus Christi de los Tiguas de Esleta. The Tiguas followed their traditions, however. They carried the image of San Antonio de Padua with them when they fled Esleta, New Mexico, and they called their church San Antonio de Padua. San Antonio had been the patron saint of their mission church in Esleta, and he would be their patron saint in Texas. Period. Point blank. We're not changing it. For anybody. In 1692, the Spanish reconquered New Mexico, but most of the Tigua and Isleta chose to stay in their new home. Over the next 200 years, the mission was relocated several times due to flooding from the Rio Grande. In the 1740s, the mission was swept away and rebuilt. In 1829, a flood washed away the entire mission and cut a new path to the river, which was further south than its old location. It also split the town of El Paso in two. Thus, when the mission was rebuilt again, it was north of the Rio Grande. In 1836, the mission and El Paso 
would be claimed by the Republic of Texas, although control of the area didn't pass to Texas until after the Mexican War. In the 1850s, guess what? The mission flooded again. This time, they rebuilt the mission on raised ground, and this did the trick at least as far as floods go. In 1897, the mission was renovated. Gables were added, as well as the, quote, beehive bell tower you see today. Later, in 1907, the mission was severely damaged in a fire. Apparently, chemicals being used in the bell tower to repel bats ignited. By the time the fire was put out, the mission had suffered extensive damage. It was rebuilt the following year and retains its rebuilt form today. Despite official disinterest by the state of Texas in maintaining reservations for Native American tribes, Isleta was one of only three officially recognized reservations in Texas, the others being the quickly defunct Comanche Reservation in north-central Texas and the still-active Alabama Cushata Reservation in the Big Thicket. The Tigua were small, remote, and largely self-sustaining. Although the mission has been rebuilt several times over the years, it's operated continuously as a Catholic mission and church for 335 years. And for 335 years, the Tigua Indians have remained faithful to the church. The Tigua Tribal Government of Offices and the Tigua Cultural Center are located nearby. And the Tigua Feast Day is celebrated every June 13th with a morning mass and a traditional dance. At one time, the Tigua Gaming Center, known as the Speaking Rock Casino, was located right next to the mission. But the state of Texas shut it down since gambling is just not allowed in Texas, unless it's horse racing or dog racing. Or the lotto. (laughs) Or the lottery. Or basically any other gambling except, you know, slot machines. In 1960, with the congregation expanding, a new church building was erected. The old mission is still used for special events such as wedding, quinceaneras, and baptisms. More importantly, it is a Tigua's link to their heritage. Today, the Tigua of Isleta are formally recognized as the Isleta del Sur Pueblo. There are around 1,500 members of the tribe, though many more claim descent from the original settlers. The town of Isleta has been a part of El Paso since 1955, but has retained its independent school district, and my dad recently retired from there as a superintendent. It's a lovely town. The tribe owns a number of local businesses and employs 400 people in the community. Today, there are three historical markers on the site. Uh, The site of the first mission in Pueblo in Texas, the site of the first mission in Texas, and the site of the oldest mission in Texas. On July 21st, 1972, the Yisleta mission was added to the National Register of Historic Places. You can visit all of these as well as the Tigua Cultural Center next time you're in El Paso. So let's all visit El Paso. Yeah. Road trip across the burning <laughs> desert. It's actually much easier to just go and get a Southwest out there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I've always been fascinated by the Isleta because it is a active mission and an active Indian reservation within the state of Texas. And, and w- growing up near Oklahoma, when I was a young kid in North Texas, you know, there's Indian reservations all over the place in other states. Nevada and Utah, there's a lot of Indian reservations, but in Texas, there are only two. And one of them is literally like a small town. It's an interesting idea in the continuous nature of the history in that, you know, I think overall people think of missions as a failure. Like, oh, there was this mission system and it failed. Mm -hmm. But we learned a lot about it when we talked about missions before. And I think this is an interesting thing of, well, this one really worked. Mm-hmm. And it, it actually, still does. It, yeah. it still works. And it, you know, they was they came, they, they, edu- they, they brought all this, you know, kind of structure and, you know, they 
provided protection and it's been this continuous town ever since. So I think that's kind of an, an interesting continuous cultural link that goes back mm-hmm. a very long time. I mean, 335 years is a long time to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just really cool to think that there's this, I mean, I don't know. You, you think about American history and American culture and you don't, it only goes back so far and especially in the Southwest, there wasn't, in a lot of places, there wasn't a long history. It's like everything was relatively recent. But to think that there's pieces in Texas with history that goes back to the 1600s, that's pretty cool. To think that our, our history is that long. Well, and it's and the history of the of the Spanish involvement there. I mean, like it's not just oh, well, there's this native thing that goes. No, there's this great Spanish system and involvement in these people. Yeah, and it wasn't originally a. I mean, yes, it was somewhat of a conquest, but it wasn't meant to be a violent conquest. It was, you know, Catholic priests coming to share their religion and try and uh, you know perform their mission in life. Well, that's, yeah. And I think that we covered that when we talked about the mission system was, is I think there was, uh, a, like so many other things of history, there's this black and white sort of the simple version of, oh, well, they were coming to, you know, rob these natives of their culture and change. And, but it really was actually a, a, a social mission for a lot of people. And there were actually some very genuine um, intentions there. And I think that's the thing that is sort of interesting to say, well, these were a people that were fleeing from the Apache, and this provided that protection to them. Well, and and also this is a mission in a in a community that was founded before the city of Philadelphia, um, when you know, in what we consider America today, the, the the oldest American cities are are Boston and and maybe parts of Virginia that were in the 1600s, but. Mm-hmm. You know, Philadelphia was founded in 1682, which was after this mission was these these people came down to found this community. So, and it's a continuously active community, and it's a vibrant, living link to the past. It's a it's a great place. Like again, mom and dad lived there for a few years and uh, and worked out there, and and we visited, and you know, just a great town. Like El- the whole of, I think today it's hard to separate. Isleta from El Paso as much when in the general culture of living there. It feels wonderfully Texan, even though you're like rubbing elbows with New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. El Paso, that's where I used to have to change planes uh, because of the right law before I was going on my way to Vegas. There or Albuquerque. What I, uh, you know, what I think is amazing is that it, it, you can tell the passage of time just in the fact that the, the mission has been destroyed <laughs> like four times and they've rebuilt it. Like, well, we built it on the land and it, the, the floods swept it away and then we built it again and it swept it away again. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's perseverance. And that's, that's a, says a lot about the character of these people. And the Socorro mission actually is also still active, although it was founded a little bit, a bit after Isleta. So it is still a functioning mission as well. It's just not quite as old as Isleta is. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you. So like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. And if you want to support the show financially, 
please go to patreon.com slash Texas podcast. Why not follow us individually? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. We know you love this show. We know you love Texas. So tell your friends and leave a review on iTunes because that really helps us out. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway. <laughs>